0: Welcome. It's been a fun weekend. Thank you for being
1: here. Research ...that supports the historicity of the Bible uh, in an attractive way in, on social media. Um, because, I mean, a lot of, and, and there are a couple of ministries out there that are doing that, but um, I think that they're a little behind on the some of their art, and that kind of thing. So I wanted to make it more user friendly for like millennials and young people, and uh, even the you know the latest generation, so they could share some of these amazing discoveries. So it's really uh, bringing the ancient world into the modern world, and not just the ancient world, but artifacts, actual artifacts. So we we're on social media, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and all of our stuff is shareable. And uh we have a little motto, Ancient Shareable Truth. And we can we can literally share it on any platform, you know, these artifacts, whether it's the Cyrus Cylinder or whether it's the, you know, um uh the Berlin pedestal, you know, some people think that's controversial, but we we try to put it out there so that people can see that there's actual historical evidence that the Bible can be trusted historically. And if it can be trusted historically, then it can be trusted with the spiritual uh powerful truth that it portrays in the gospel. So that's really what we're all about, and we launched Epic Archaeology on Easter Sunday of uh, 2017. And uh, Easter Sunday, of course, is is the is the foundation bedrock of the church, and it's the resurrection of Christ. And and it uh, we so our our initial um, some of our material was focused on the historical evidence for the resurrection and the Gospels and how the manuscripts and the archaeology of the New Testament is just you know off the charts. It's it's really reliable.
0: That's pretty neat. I think I think we're we're considering taking a trip to Chicago after you said all that. And yes. we're like last year we went to the Ark as a church, uh we took fifty people to the Ark Encounter. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Okay, maybe this year the spring break trip is uh Chicago. Yes. How long a drive is it? It's probably It's a good ways probably. Yeah. yeah it's about a day's drive. Yeah,
1: yeah. I lead trips to the Oriental Institute Museum at on the campus of the University of Chicago, and the Oriental Institute. And Doug studied. Uh, there was a professor there, uh, James Osborne, and, and you know he's a. I guess it would be Hittitologist. I guess we mm-hmm, mm-hmm. call him. Um, he actually excavated under uh, him in in Turkey in Tell That's right. And uh, but anyway, it is one of the premier archaeological museums in the world, in in, in America for sure. And some of the artifacts you see at the Oriental Institute, you can only see the only place you can see them are the British Museum or the Louvre in Paris. Um, wow. There is a uh, an artifact there we maybe can get into later called the Sennacher Prism, and it is uh, one of the most well-attested historical events in the Old Testament. It's the conquest of Judah by the Assyrians in 701 BC, and, uh, and it's right there in the Oriental Institute. And there's one in the British Museum called the Taylor Prism, and there's another one in uh, in Jerusalem, I'm told, and there were multiple copies that were made, but this is direct corroborating evidence of of the prophet Isaiah, and that's just one among Dozens and dozens of artifacts that affirm that, that time period. But you get to see that and you also you're gonna you, if you come, you also get to see a forty ton winged bull in, in an Assyrian palace called a Lamasu and uh that has the face of Sargon the Second, whose son was Sennacherib. And Sennacherib is actually inscribed in one of the Bas reliefs in the temple platform in the temple complex.
0: So oh it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool stuff. Mr. Doug, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and your Brand new, hot off the press right here.
2: Yeah. Tell us what's going on in your world. Sure. So uh, this week was a really exciting week for me because uh, my, my new book that I've been working on specifically since about January of 2012 finally came into print. It's called Origins of the Hebrews, New Evidence for Israelites in Egypt from Joseph to the Exodus. And this is the result of thousands of hours of research. Basically... In universities around the world, professors have been telling their students, including Christian students, you know, mm-hmm. our kids and our grandkids in some cases, that, uh, you know, the stock of the Bible is that the Israelites supposedly were in Egypt for 430 years, but there's never been any evidence to prove that they even resided there, let alone had this incredible Exodus event. So, um, in God's providence, he allowed my background, the things that I've studied, to contribute toward um, an intensive study of Egyptian inscriptions, Egyptian archaeology, um, archaeology in Sinai, and so forth, and the amount of evidence that's actually there to verify uh, that uh, these were indeed Israelites living there. (laughs) I'll do it. So um, I became a believer in junior high. Um, I was wrestling with all the important questions like, um, what is... um, love toward me that kind of interest in me showed me you know this christianity stuff seems real and here's here's a man who's investing himself in people because it's real
0: and so. nobody probably ever know his name
2: no but it's craig clapper
0: there you go yeah, they do. craig if you're watching change this and now this is the result of th- this right right one man investing in another mm-hmm. person yeah what about you ted
1: yeah so i um Like, Doug, well, I grew up in the church, but my mother, when I got saved, I was nine years old, and and my mom took me to Vacation Bible School, VBS, and uh, they came around the room, the pastor did, and, and presented the gospel very clearly and talked about the fact that, you know, we can't earn our salvation. It's not good works or being good. It's about trusting in Christ. So I did that as nine years old. And, um, you know, as, as as it happens, as a teenage boy, you grow up and you, you're a teenage boy, you know, and then I went to college and, you know, my faith went back and forth as it sometimes does. And and then as I got to college, I began to get a little more serious about my faith. And it was there that I was actually challenged about what I believed. I just assumed that it was true, believed that it was true, uh, didn't really question it until I became an archaeology undergrad, uh, anthropology archaeology undergrad. And then my professors began to tell, uh, say that, there's no historical evidence for the Exodus, the conquest. It's all uh, probably just uh, meant to tell a moral or some type of other, you know, you know greater truth, whatever that is. And so I, that just didn't sit right with me. I'm like, I just, and I wasn't even training philosophy or anything. It just didn't make any sense. I'm like, why would it be in the book then if it's, if it's just meant to tell us some kind of story? Um, so I, then I began digging for answers, and I wanted to know what the answers were, which then led me to apologetics. And I didn't even know what the word meant until I began to. And the first book I found was actually by Josh McDowell. It was actually a compilation book called A Ready Defense. And in that book, he uh, he referenced archaeologists like Sir William Ramsey and others who were who were archaeologists and scholars who were showing real historical evidence for the Bible. And that just inflamed my imagination, and I it never stopped since. And then I. You know, started studying archaeology and and that. So here I am, and it started Epic Archaeology because really, um, I I figured if I had the same issues, I figured I'm not the only one who has these issues. Maybe they grew up in the church and they go to these, and and there's all kinds of data that show that university professors are hostile to evangelical Christians, especially to those who actually believe the Bible. So when you send your kids to to, to college. Nine times out of ten, their faith and their belief in God's word is going to be undermined. So, epic archaeology exists to shore up and to to give reasons and answers, historical and archaeological, that, that the scripture can be trusted. And where I had to go digging for answers, I want to have it right there, and they, and you know, in, in the culture, and they can share it with their friends. And um, the really the motivation is really eventually. To get people to the gospel. That's really my, my whole motivation, even getting into apologetics, is that I care about people coming to Christ. That's really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting to me, and I love history, and I love all the details of it, but at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, what's going to matter is the gospel, and, um, and I, I think archaeology can serve the gospel uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a glorifying way. I think Doug's work does that really well.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm not like looking down, surfing the internet. I'm making sure that we're on and working here. So, and no then, problem. but I also wanted to add, if anybody's on Facebook and wants to maybe pose a question or whatever, go for it. Um, I'll be kind of, kind of watching that. Um, that, that kind of takes me another question that was something we talked about last night a little bit is, do you think there is a direct connection between the historicity of the Bible and either people f- coming to Christ or falling away from Christ because it, it, there has to be a connection there. Oh, yeah. um, we're losing, specifically, people under 30 right. in droves. There has to be some connection to what's being taught in schools um, it can't just be, I mean, yeah, you could just say society's getting worse, but, right. but there has to be a connection. And what are you seeing even in the Christian world? Because we talked about it last night, even just believing that the Bible is true seems like it would be like, okay, what? Doesn't everybody believe that? But you're finding out that that's. So you yeah. want to talk to that?
2: Yeah, and let's talk about what, uh, to, to piggyback off what um, Ted was saying, when we send our kids into the universities and they're exposed, to professors who have a hostile attitude toward Christianity and especially toward um, those with a high view of the Bible. Those professors know where they can make an attack that can weaken the trust that the students have in the reliability of the Bible. And that area is in the area of history because there are so few uh, young people who are equipped and trained in churches to see and understand the reliability of the historical accounts that are in the Bible because most pastors and most church leaders aren't um, educated well in these areas. And it's not, it's not a negative thing. They're educated in biblical studies and biblical languages and whatever. And it's, it's a lot of work to do extra work in this historical field. So you almost need to rely on those with training in this area But the point is is that that when the students get into these these university settings, um, they've not been shown that there is strong evidence to support many of the historical narratives that are in the Bible. And so when the professors unload in the area of history, right, and and attack it and demonstrate for the kids, for the young people, for the college students, sorry, that, that it's not reliable, right, then the students take a step back and they say, wow, I guess I, you know, I haven't seen any support for the historical narratives in the Bible. And, and I don't know that it's, uh, you know, that it's something that can be trusted. So if I can't trust the historical message, I can't trust the spiritual message. And so now you're working on the heart and the heart doubts whether God exists whether Jesus is Lord, whether he physically appeared on this earth and lived and died and was resurrected. So that spiritual message is undermined when the historical message is attacked. And they know that, Ted um, huh, Ted, Ted, and yep. Jeff, they know this. And so that's where they're zooming in the attack. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And there's a, You know, Pascal, and you you kind of touched on a minute, Pascal said the heart has its reasons and the mind has its reasons. So you were asking earlier, Jeff, why is it that young people are walking away from the faith? Um, There are a host of reasons, and it's not just one. It's a host of reasons. But historical reliability is certainly a major part of that. But part of it is all the reasons that people – give for not coming to christ they're into pleasure they're into they don't want you know as christ said uh, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil so they're not going to come into the light because they don't the light exposes their lifestyle and they don't want that so they want what they want so they're on a happiness quest they are seeking happiness or things they think are going to make them happy but they're not really going to make them happy and so um so I, you know years ago i worked for cross with frank turek and uh you know, Geiser and Turk wrote a book called "I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist," and um, so at cross examine we presented four questions that are fundamental to uh, Christianity. And it's: uh, Does truth exist? Does God exist? Are miracles possible? And is the New Testament reliable? And so, if you can answer all four of those questions in the affirmative, then you can make them very compelling. Resurrection of Christ, because think about this for a second. Like I've thought about this a lot actually, about the gospel and about what it actually is. You know, it's John Facts. We have a guy, a man that lived two thousand years ago, and he was born of a virgin, and um he died on a cross, he was buried in a Roman tomb, and he rose again on the third day. And we're asking people that live in the 21st century to to put their eternal destiny in that. I mean to us it's familiar. We're so familiar to it. But think about how it sounds to someone. Even the Romans thought it was wacky, you know. And so it, it there's a component of it in which there's the Holy Spirit has to have the, the his part, the, the illumination. That's what the Holy Spirit not is, he illuminates the world. The God must exist. So because Christ uh, is but we have to God do our and, part the claim. Christianity is the and people do have questions, and uh there must truth must exist. Uh, then you don't have miracles. But as C.S. Lewis said in in, uh, in his book "Miracles," if there's a God, then miracles are possible. All bets are off. So if we allow God, if we allow the divine foot in the door, and got a testament or place or so, uh, so the. The connection between the historicity of the Scripture and the Gospel is that the New Testament tells us about the Gospel, and it's trustworthy historically. And it's got manuscript evidence. It's written by eyewitnesses. Uh, all, the, all of the, the apostles were martyred for their faith. Why would they die for a lie? You know, if they're making it up, if Jesus really didn't rise from the dead, you know, one of them is going to crack. You know, But none of them, they all went to their death believing that they saw their rabbi or messiah. Died and rose again, and then James, of course, the, the half brother of Christ, he becomes the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Now, that's the hardest thing to convince as your family member yeah. uh, that you're the son of God. You know, here's my brother; he thinks he's the son of God. You know, but James then becomes a believer, and the only thing that makes sense for James becoming a believer is that Christ rises from the dead. So, so there's a connection between historicity and, and the truth of the gospel.
0: Yeah, religious not even ever even come to Christ because they feel like they're being taught in school. No way. That Christianity has uh, strong
1: evidence that Christianity has. That's why. Well,
0: let me ask. Uh, also, books and dates. Yes.
2: That the critics are going after. vociferously. Yes. So, for example, uh, one of the inscriptions. Uh,